listening to the Salty Witches podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin. We're here again with Mike. Well, hello. That was a very NPR kind of an introduction. We're going to do witching ASMR. No, no, no. no I, I, I said NPR, not ASMR. Oh, well. Let's, let's dive in, shall we? Okay, so the first thing I want to get to is we had a question from a listener. And this has actually been a few weeks ago. We uh, we just we haven't had an opportunity to fit this into an episode yet. Uh, but the question was, and I think this is a good one, because I think some of our other listeners, those we are familiar with, and probably many we aren't familiar with, um, struggle with this a bit. So Austin, how would you how would you define aphantasia? Aphantasia is the inability of the mind to be able to visualize. It's like you don't have that internal screen. Mm-hmm. in your head mm-hmm. where you know if you close your eyes and i would tell you to picture an apple you would know what to picture but for some reason you can't pull that up in your brain okay <clears throat> all right and this is and this is a like a legitimate thing like yeah people, it's like lots, common. Lots, yeah lots of people deal with that fantasia mm-hmm. yeah and, to varying degrees and, and depending on you know if you have neurodivergencies or anything like that it can be more prominent you mm-hmm. know there are people who have adhd who can visualize like nobody's business because mm-hmm. we were the daydreamer kids mm-hmm. then we have the other people who have adhd who can't visualize worth the damn like they're it's, they just have aphantasia and it just doesn't work okay so okay. so yeah so our so our question on on this was how how could we or how would we instruct a student who was caught up in, say, meditational processes, pathworking processes, anything that would involve any degree of visualization. Um, how would we instruct that student to still do those things with the understanding that they were going to be struggling with that visualization element? I usually tell my students, because I have several students like this mm-hmm. um, in my Awakening the Witch course, and usually these students need something physical. You know, so having them feel their, like, how is their body reacting? Mm-hmm. That's going to be the easiest way for them to do that. Okay. Um, there are some times where people just have aphantasia and they can still get the concept and go there. So instead of, you know, envision yourself walking on a wooded path. Instead, if you have them try and call up that feeling of like, have you ever walked on a path? Mm-hmm. that is heavily wooded and has twigs and stuff in it. Yeah, okay. So I want you to try and remember what that feels like on your feet. So okay. so you have to kind of coach them through like like those logical steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I, I think as you mentioned about bringing it back to the physical, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, we forget a lot of the time that our physical body is very much an implement in our spiritual practice it has to be because this is this is this is our container right so i think that taking it back to a physical level and i i've even instructed students in the past not to uh be beyond using props and things you know Mm -hmm. I, i remember years ago teaching someone we were doing practices on um I believe it was astral projection at that point, but we were doing pathworking specifically to try to strengthen ability. And one of the things that we were doing was um, flight, mm-hmm. actually getting someone to a point where they could experience or at least get close to a point uh, of, in essence, flight, what someone would perhaps be visualizing as flight. And, and in their private study, I actually told them, I said, I want you to hook up a fan and I want you to put a fan on one side of your room. I want you to sit on the other side of the room and I want you to feel that air moving across you. And 
and understand or, or relate that as you were perhaps maybe flying or if you were to find that you, you had the ability to fly in your physical body, that this would maybe be something similar or this could be maybe a sensation, right? The sense of, of air rushing past you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, temperatures, playing with temperatures, right? You're trying to do a working where you're, you're visualizing or, or uh, you know, you're being instructed to visualize something that would involve fire, light and heat, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't even have to actually be fire, right? You could, you know, put a bright light in the room, mm-hmm. close your eyes so that you can actually see the bright light through your closed eyelids, right? Um, turn the temperature up in the room so mm-hmm. you feel warm, right? Fire. Warm. Heated blanket. There you go, right? So taking it back to, I think, or down back to a physical level, I think is going to be a good thing because that helps us once again to kind of activate the uh, that very primal instinctual interpretation that our body often has, which is what we want when we're doing these things. Well, and that's going to be most beneficial mm-hmm. because there are people who can visualize and at the point of visualization, they're actually experiencing on a psychosomatic level that that feeling mm, yeah. you know envision that this spirit caresses your face and there will be people who will be like oh no i actually felt mm-hmm. like a caress on my face for those yeah. of you listening i'm i'm caressing my face right now um, stop, ru- stop, rubbing, <laughs> stop rubbing your face so uh, so by incorporating the physical body we will have a much easier time to yawn sorry we'll have a much easier an effective and efficient uh, practice around these things. Okay, yeah. So, I think give it a shot. You know, um, really, that's one of those like you know the the limit of how you would do that is really primarily up to up to you and your imagination, right? Um, but but I think yeah, using the physical body as a focus, where uh, something like aphantasia would be creating a, a little bit of a block in other areas. Yeah. Mm. And actually, you know, I, I would honestly, I would recommend doing that even if you weren't someone that was dealing with aphantasia. I think uh, even if someone that was able to uh, visualize somewhat effectively mm-hmm. and had that ability would, I think, really probably benefit from adding some of those other oh, elements. Oh, yeah. It would just add another layer to your practice mm. or another layer to the experience that you are having. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So... I, I like hope I, that helps. I I often do work where I have to shape shift in the astral realm, and one of my favorite forms to take is that of a horse. And one of the ways in you know, the waking world that I've been able to help facilitate that work and and make that clearer and easier for myself is I've actually hired someone to dress up as a cowboy, complete with spurs, and to mount me on a saddle, and whip me with a riding crop. And that's all for the benefit of my spiritual work. Just that. Just the benefit of my spiritual work. There's no other motivation at all. Anyway, the topic for tonight, for our episode, is... What's that look for? Jeez. Um, anyway, the topic for tonight is domination. Domination. Um, and this is another suggestion by one of our listeners. Uh, those of you who listen to the podcast, we, we tell you at the end of almost every episode now, if you have a suggestion or something you want to hear us talk about, contact us, let us know. Uh, because we do, we will, we will get to it. It might take us a couple weeks, but we will get to it. And this was suggested by one of our listeners. And I thought this was actually kind of a cool topic right now, mm-hmm. particularly with a lot of the really fucked up stuff that's going on in, well, not just in our country, but like just the world in general. You know, I know that um, a lot of us, I think, who feel a sense of hurt and disappointment and anger at some of what's been going on, even just in the last couple of days, 
would probably love nothing more right now than to work a nasty spell of domination on some of these political leaders who refuse to enact laws, these corporations and places who continue to place the value of their their earnings and the value of the dollar above people's lives. You know, um, and and I understand dominant. You know, doing a domination working is is just one way to approach those situations. You know, and we of course we can't fall back on just doing magical and spiritual work, right? We've got to get out there in the streets, and we have to vote and donate money, and we need to do those things on a mundane level. Protest well. exactly. Protest as safely as you can if you're going to, um, and, and good luck with that. But um, yeah, so let's let's talk about it though. So Austin, how would you define domination magic? To someone maybe like someone who has maybe never even done a spell, they're really really new to these things. How would you define or explain domination magic? I mean, the name speaks for itself. But domination magic, in the most simplest of terms, is what most people think of when they think of love magic. It is compelling and making a person, spirit, or energy do something because you want them to okay it is you know we always hear that adage and our very first episode was on love magic we always hear that oh no you if you cast a love spell you're taking away someone's free will oh and i mean yeah you're pretty much doing that whenever you do magic all magic if you really think about it is a form of domination magic you are impressing your will upon a universal energy uh, or the energy around you and manipulating it to do what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's domination. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it is taking that poppet of your boss that you have dressed to look like this individual and hog tying that poppet and putting that poppet in a jar with devil shoestring and Japanese knotweed to force them to not be able to move against you and to do your will. Okay. <clears throat> so I think it's funny you mentioned you went to the topic of our first episode, which seems like forever ago now. Um, but love magic specifically, because I think there are a lot of people out there that don't realize that um, that they've actually done domination magic, that they don't mm-hmm. they don't realize in their practice. Like, you've done domination magic. Yeah. You just didn't realize that's what you were doing you know i think a lot about um say um well i mean anything like i'm trying to protection spells like protection spells or like uh people people love their sweet jars you know like your sweet jar to make that person sweet on you or to make that situation go in your favor that's Domination. domination so i think you're absolutely right i think domination as an enter or not an energy as an intent within witchcraft is actually something that is really pretty common, right? You have a desire to maintain control over something. You wish to dominate it, you know? And and I think intent is a key word there, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that's where we kind of move into that gray area, right? And and obviously, every practitioner's morality and ethics are just that, right? That's, that's, that's their stuff. And they have to decide where they feel and how they stand on those things. You and I are both baneful practitioners. You know, you and I, I think, both definitely kind of operate in a little bit of a gray area. We have to. As witches, because mm-hmm. we, we we are called to do things for many of the people that we work with mm-hmm. that are, uh, you know, probably maybe a little more on the baneful side. But um, anyway, but back to, to my point. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're all of us, I think, uh, working domination, and we have to look at our intent. Is this a positive? Like, do we firmly believe that in the process of doing this, that this will be a good thing? 
you know, mm-hmm. or do are we do we understand that in the process of doing this, like I don't care what happens, this I'm I'm out to cause some trouble, right? And mm-hmm. so that's what I mean by intent is everything because yeah. I don't I'm not one of these intent is everything kinds of practitioners. You know that about me. <laughs> intent but, is everything. It's not. I'm going to use is, lavender. Yeah. And intent is not everything. Game. Yeah. If you're if you're operating under the belief that you can do whatever you want and as long as your intent is where it needs to be, you're not working very effective magic. Um. Anyway. So we've talked a little bit just in kind of explaining that about some of the types of uh, or reasons maybe that you would utilize domination magic, mm-hmm. right? So what would be the benefit to falling back on a domination working as opposed to something else? Because as an experienced witch, you you understand as well, you know, as much as I do, that there are, is always more than one way to handle a situation when it comes to magical work, right? Yeah. Where Where you might want to... Say you use the example of working domination work on your boss. Mm-hmm. Okay, so instead of doing something to dominate your boss's behavior, what if you maybe you could just as effectively work a bind, which mm-hmm. is also a form of domination magic, yep. right? But you could just effectively work a bind on that person that would just prevent them or keep them out of your way. Yeah. Right? So that's what I mean by there's usually more than one way to do this. Oh, yeah, so, of course. So where could you see domination magic being preferable? Or where, what kind of situation could you see domination magic really being like, okay, this is really when you should be focusing on domination. Can you think of any, like, a for instance or a specific, like... Um... There are so many. <laughs> um... I'm going to use the example of not your partner, right? Not your partner, but let's say... We're talking like a relationship partner? Yeah. Okay. So let's say your sister, your sister is married to an an absolute asshole and he is doing everything he can to keep her away from the family. Okay. You know, besides the mundane efforts, you could do a domination spell to force this individual to think that it would be better for her to see her family. Mm. Um, We see this type of work a lot in Hoodoo and Conjure, where we call them stubborn targets. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're a little bit more stubborn, you're trying to do a spell of persuasion on them, and they're just not budging. Okay. So the next step is a domination spell. And most of the time you're going to use herbs and roots that would be akin to binding, mm-hmm. um, but you're also going to use herbs and spices that are going to be sweet. Okay. And uh, one of the most prevalent spells that we see um, is actually a narcissist mirror head spell. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go straight to that because they think that they're in a relationship with a narcissist. Oh, right. Every, every time anybody not. disagrees with you now, you, there's this, oh, well, they, they must be a narcissist. They're narcissists. Yeah. They're, and it's like, no, and I'm so, sorry. So in particularly, when you're trying to dominate a narcissist, you have to make them think that it's their idea. And mm-hmm. that's where a domination spell, such as the mirror-headed narcissist spell, would come in handy. 
which adds extra oomph to the the argument. I and mean, you and I, we've talked about this before. We talk about this a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. But but we've mentioned this, I think, a couple times on the podcast so far. That this is one of those areas where it's really good to make sure you've done your research on who your target is, mm-hmm. because if you're trying to work a spell on something or on someone that is geared specifically around a narcissistic personality, mm-hmm. and that person is not actually a narcissist. You could be in some trouble there. Mm-hmm. Not only could the spell that you've done cause effect that you didn't really want, but if there were any reason that your spell was maybe not the good one to do, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you, you could run into some trouble there. There could be some fallout. Well, that's why if I have a client who sits down with me and they're trying to do, well, he's a narcissist, he's a narcissist, he's a narcissist, and they want me to do a spell, I tell them, like, okay. If he truly is a narcissist, I need you to provide me with proof. Mm-hmm. I need proof. I don't need arguments. I don't need hearsay. Mm-hmm. Objection. Hearsay, Your Honor. Um, we. I don't need that. I need a documented, like, psychological evaluation mm-hmm. that says, no, this person has narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. And then I will proceed with the narcissist mirror-headed spell. Okay. Because essentially what you're doing with that spell is not even a... It's a poppet. You're essentially making a wax poppet of this individual and making them think that it's their idea. Now, uh, on the other hand, if it's someone who is not a narcissist and you're just trying to get them to work situation, boss, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You have lots of ideas, but for some reason, every single time you speak up and you try and talk to your boss about these ideas in team meetings, they just don't seem to hear you or they seem to not... Your, your words don't seem to carry much weight, okay. you know, uh, and th- there could be lots of reasons for that. But, you know, your boss is a nice guy and they're not trying to hurt you. They just it's it's like it's just not getting to them. And so doing a domination spell to make them hear you mm-hmm. that your voice is the only voice that they hear at that point in time could also be beneficial. OK, so you you mentioned you use the. You use the the, the 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 phrase stubborn stubborn target. Yes, a stubborn target. Um, and as you know, as a, you know, a practitioner, it's been my experience over the years in doing domination workings. <coughs> excuse me, it's been my experience over the years that in doing domination workings, that it's always a better to structure a working like that, with the perspective that you are going to help the target of your working to kind of see another way forward, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I guess where I'm going with this is that it it can not necessarily be, it's not impossible, but it's not always necessarily the best use of your energy and your time and your resources to try to focus on strictly changing that person's position mm-hmm. or perspective or where they're at or their belief on something, right? Because those can be very set for many people, right? We all have those things. You have to make your desired outcome look like the best thing to them. Well, or or maybe help them to see that there could be another way for them to have what they want Mm -hmm. that could be also to your benefit, Yes, right? And that, to me, I think has been a more effective... I've seen that to be a more effective way to work um, for a couple of reasons. One, in doing that... You're, I think you're able to take a what would be a more 
coercive or persuasive approach to this. And persuasion and coercion magic is also domination magic. Mm-hmm. It's you're doing it kind of a little more subtly, mm-hmm. you know, and there's more of an element of manipulation well, there, perhaps. Uh, gl- glamour is also domination. You're controlling what people perceive. Um, you know, and so, so yes, so I think it, it comes down to, you know, different approaches in your intent, but this is not something I think that is like, we're not talking about throwing magical hands here. Okay. Because really that's probably not going to be a good strategy. Okay. You're going to be met with resistance. Exactly. You're going to get resistance. You'd really don't want to spend a lot of time trying to get someone to do something that is just completely out of their perspective or their scope of what they're willing to. Instead, you need to work on a way to kind of change their thinking around another possible outcome, um, you know, which I think is one of the ways that we can work around that. I think it's it's good to remember that magic is meant to be an influence mm-hmm. um, to other action, ideally, right? So one of the other reasons I think it's good to not, not to consider domination magic, and the reason I'm going here is because I think a lot of people, they hear about something like domination magic, and they almost you almost get like this visual of like like you're fighting right like two opponents in a ring right you're like I'm dominating this so I'm fighting you I'm battling you and rather than thinking of it like that I think it again would be better to actually do what you can to try to you know maybe manipulate that person into actually seeing things your way mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I, I have found that's been better a better approach is that you sometimes don't know who these people are. You know, and what I guess what I mean by that is that there are people out there who, because of who knows, they're, maybe they're just lucky, maybe they're also practitioners, maybe they have spiritual gifts or really, really buff ancestry, who knows. But you, every time you do a working against someone, you are potentially having to look at getting through the buffer or the barrier of their spirits. Yep. And if you are doing a domination working that from the get-go is all about just picking a fight and that person has strong protection and on a spiritual level like you're you're probably going to get hit back <laughs> and that's not i'm not talking like law of return karma bullshit here because that shit doesn't exist not in the context of witchcraft anyway but um you know but if you you take a swing on somebody you can bet that they're probably going to take a swing back right mm-hmm. well it's 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 just like a return to cinder yeah. If you are doing a return to sender to someone and they are also a witch and they actively sent something at you, you bet your ass that they are actively knowing and knowledgeable enough to know that you're probably going to send <coughs> something back to them. So at that point, you're now in a magical volleyball fight mm-hmm. Yeah. back and forth and back and forth until finally someone spikes the hardest or someone runs out of stamina, which is why... Going on the attack at every given moment Mm. is not the most effective, healthy, safe, or even just smart way to do things. You do catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. That's very true. That's very true. And at the end of the day, you still get what you want, right? Y'all, and that's coming from me. If you're if you're ever in a situation, and those of you who are listening, I really I want you to kind of challenge yourselves with this. I want you to sit on this and think about this for a bit, okay? But if you're ever in a moment where you are doing a working on someone and you can't see past your own desire to make that person suffer, if your intent, your pure intent for that working you know, and I and what I mean by that is your you the the purpose of the working is to get something that you need or, or to see some sort of effect take place, but in the process you need to make sure that you really hurt or you you make that person that you feel is in your way struggle or suffer. You really you need to kind of check your ego, there, right? 
And I don't, I don't mean to say that there's anything wrong with wanting someone to suffer or hurt. Trust me, I've thrown my, my fair share of curses over the years. But if your intent is really just to hurt somebody, just work a curse. Mm-hmm. You know, just send something truly baneful at them and harm them. You don't need to try to dominate them. Or justify you know? it. At that point, you're really just operating from purely from a position of ego. Yep. Like unhealthy ego. You know, you should be able to look past the desire to to cause harm to the actual goal of what you want, mm-hmm. because that really should be what you focus on. Otherwise, that spell is probably not going to materialize what you want it to. Um, so, yeah, so ask yourself that. If your your personal feelings and your need to hurt is actually getting in the way of what you really need to see happen as far as your goal for that working, oof, you probably don't want to do that working. It's probably not going to give you what you want. So, do we recommend doing domination workings? Actually, no. You know, before we go there, I want to touch upon something that you said a moment ago. You brought up this whole idea of like return to senders mm-hmm. and people who who issue these kinds of spells, who do these kinds of workings, and you know, and not thinking about <clears throat> how that could potentially rebound or how they could be casting against someone who might also potentially have magical skill and knowledge. Mm-hmm. What what's your? I just want to get your take on this based on the experiences that you've had with being a teacher, uh, working with people as a consultant, as a witch, mm-hmm. and as a psychic, and also doing spell work for people. Because it's been my experience that the majority of the people out there, even people who claim to be experienced practitioners, even people who I know are experienced practitioners, a lot of the time they do these workings and they don't bother to do it any of their due diligence they don't bother to do any research they don't bother to do any kind of reading they don't bother even on a mundane level to go out and even just like run a google search on who that person is Mm -hmm. right they don't do any of that shit they get a name they get a birth date they get some other sort of tag lock and the spell casting begins and you know and it's been my experience that a lot of the time that's that's really that's the that's the first huge mistake most definitely you want to make sure that when you're doing any form of domination work well, I mean, that would be true for any kind of magic, Any kind of work, right? but since we're focusing on domination work in, in this particular episode, you need to make sure you know your target. You know, just... Oh, God, this is going to sound weird. <clears throat> this is going to sound bad. But just like the the lion or the panther or the other hunter animals stalk their prey... The llama. Or the llama, yes. The llama, the most, the vicious, most vicious predator. Yes. Just like they will stalk their prey that they're keeping an eye on to note their movements to see how they move, you need to be doing the same thing as a witch. You need to be doing your due diligence and, you know, throwing down some cards. If you, not even that, go get a reading from a reputable practitioner. That's true, yeah. If you, you, if know, you, if you can't be objective about it, go somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. If you're already up in arms and you're convinced that, you know, great aunt, Fifi has done some brujeria on you and you're just up in arms about it and you're gonna you're gonna fuck this bitch up and and everything you're doing is not working one if great great aunt Fifi is a bruja she's probably practicing much longer than you and therefore you're probably shit out of luck yeah her her spirits are probably gonna be stronger than exactly so you need to sit and you need to do some divination get a reading from someone who is reputable a witch not a psychic or better yet in that situation maybe just go and just have a conversation with your great aunt Fifi yeah 
just say, hey, you know, what, what, what the hell? Let's let's hash this out so mm-hmm. that we can all move forward with our lives and not be worried mm-hmm. about this kind of nonsense, right? Exactly. And because you've extended that mundane effort to bring peace to the situation without magic, you will have the upper hand if she decides to come for you again. Sorry, I yawned again. It's been a long day in the shop. Hmm. Okay, so... Not a bad day, just long. All right, so... Oh, loud bump in the background. Must be the spirits. How would you... How would you tell our listeners, or how would you recommend our listeners if they believed or if they found out that they were under the influence of a domination working? How would you recommend that they break that? Honestly, just do an uncrossing. Just do a good cleanse. Um... And then amp up your own magical protections. Okay. What about doing a little bit of work to try to figure out who maybe is trying to dominate you? I mean, yeah, you could do that. I'm I'm very much... Not, not, not with the idea to retaliate. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that. Just so you could have a clear idea of like, oh, this is somebody who... Because I think it's important, you know, that, that brings up another thing. And the reason I'm asking you this, okay, is I'm trying to lead you toward a, a particular conversation here, okay? But... The reason I think it's good for for us to sometimes to, to do a little bit of digging into maybe who sent something at us, mm-hmm. either through a reading, whatever, whatever the means might be right, because it can be very helpful for us later on. And again, I want to say it is not that we're doing that to try to retaliate. Okay, it's not about getting even. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it can be really helpful if you have an idea that this is somebody who has the knowledge and has the desire to be directing spell work at you to know that about this person and then to do everything you can to make sure that you keep that person at arm's length. Yep. Right? Like, this is somebody, if you know someone is working magic on you, this is probably somebody that you don't want to allow into your home. Mm-hmm. Right? If this is somebody who's working a magic on you... This is not someone you want to accept a gift from. Exactly. You don't want to accept a gift from this person. Or right? food. Exactly. You know, and you want to be very careful, say, like, in a situation where maybe where you have maybe mutual connections with this person, right? And you've done all you can to remove them from your life. You need to ask the people that are those mutuals. You need to ask them, like, please, when you go and interact with this person, I'm not telling you that you can't still be their friend or that you also have to choose to remove yourself from their lives. But, but keep my name but out of your mouth while you're Please don't them. talk about me when you're around with them. Do not, please don't give them insight into what's going on with me in my life. Okay, mm-hmm. because if you do that, you're betraying my trust. And that means I'm going to have to cut you out of my life, too. Mm-hmm. Right? And we've had to have that conversation with some people over the yep. years. Um, so I, I think that, that that's why I wanted to ask that question about maybe finding out who maybe is directing these things at you. And again, I would say that would be true mm-hmm. for, for any kind of It'd be true working. for any kind of working. The, the struggle I have with that, not the struggle, I guess... It's okay, I, you can struggle. I guess it's just me. Because if I find out who is deciding that they're going to be working magic against me, then I'm going to have one of two reactions, just knowing myself. I'm going to get pissed, or I'm just going to physically confront them. I'm just going to pop up, and I'm going to say, I know you've been doing this. Mm-hmm. I have proof you've been doing this. You need to stop now. And it's just going to create more drama. Okay. And for as much as everyone's like, oh, air signs love drama, I like drama when it's not mine. Yeah. Um, that's why I watch... That's why I watch Dracula. Okay, is for the drama there. Okay. I don't want to be really involved in it. Not that I am opposed to having have those uncomfortable things, but if I can avoid it, then I'm going to avoid it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, example. I just did a working for a particular client, and they wanted to know who sent it at them. And I told them, I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who sent it at you, mm-hmm. because 
all that's going to do is create more turmoil and conflict because then you're going to want me to retaliate. And when I tell you I'm not going to retaliate, you are going to go to someone else and try and have them retaliate. So instead, how about just remove it, let sleeping dogs lie, and move on with your life? Mm-hmm. You know, why continue to trip over things that are behind you? Okay. You know, so yes, if it is a consistent issue, though, if it's a consistent. Oh, yeah, if that person just can't stop picking Then, the fight, yes, then, I will yeah, do divination. Yeah, I'll figure it out. You're right. Yeah. People who listen to the podcast, I'm sure, are well aware. If you've listened to a few episodes now, you know well aware that Austin and I are not that we are definitely not turn the other cheek kinds of personalities. If somebody is intent on harming you to the, I mean, and they're making deliberate, repeated efforts to harm you, mm-hmm. you are totally within your right to turn around and, and hurt them back. Yes, and so, so it's kind of like a three strike rule for me, and this is kind of okay. how I try and teach my students. Yeah. Is the first time, confirm that something has gone on, mm-hmm. remove it leave it alone okay if it happens the second time confirm it remove it confront the person after having sent it back because that's when i will do a return to sender okay and once you've confronted them and you've sent it back just ask them like please leave me alone let's let's have peace at this i don't want anything to do with you you don't want anything to do with me let's just stop this petty bullshit okay if it happens a third time that's when all gloves all bets are off and Someone's going to die. Okay. Um, and I, I'm i not shy about it. If you've, yeah. if you've re- gotten me to that third level, that third strike, I will tell you. Not only have you pissed me off, I'm going to do these things to you. Here's how I'm going to do it. Good luck trying to reverse it. Okay. And... So, I will get nasty. Yeah, I was going to say, you're very, you're very upfront, and I guess I tend to be a little sneakier about those things because I don't necessarily want the target of one of my particularly a baneful working i don't necessarily want them to know i don't want to give them warning i want them to be caught totally off guard um well part of that's also the conjure in me because if i I tell them i'm going to do something mm -hmm. then they're going to be anticipating it every turn which means they're going Mm -hmm. to be cleansing night and day they're going to be warding night and day night and day yeah but all that's to their benefit all that's to their benefit until they lock themselves away from their spirits until they cleanse out all of their wards because they're cleansing so they're Mm. they're they're clearing so consistently and on top of that the psychological turmoil there well i don't know i think that 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 would be something that would i think differ person to person yes depending on who you were talking about there I don't know. Mm-hmm. You ever thought about? I've done this a couple times over the years, and I really like this. If I find out, unfortunately, I think I've only had this actually happen a couple of times over the last thirty years or so. Um, and um, one of the things that I've enjoyed uh, doing, if I have someone who is continuing to send negative energy my way, mm-hmm. not even negative energy actually, because I had someone years ago actually try to do something nice for me, mm-hmm. uh, but it was their definition of what was nice for me. Right. Um, and I was like, this isn't really what I want. And when I became clear that they were doing this to try to to, to dominate me, basically, mm-hmm. to get me to behave in a certain way or to do something that kind of ran counter to my nature. And it's not that I was doing anything that was harmful for myself. It just wasn't mm-hmm. what they wanted me to do. <clears throat> but when I when I found that out, rather than retaliating in a way that was harmful for that person, I basically set up a servitor and told that servitor that your food is going to be all of the energy that this person directs at me. Every time they think of me, every time they say my name, every time I come into their mind, in whatever sense, every time we interact, every time they are, they, they and I are physically nearby, 
any any energy in any form that they give me is now your food. So chow down. And, you know, and I and I felt the effects of the working that they were directing at me, like, dissipate within seriously a day or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I didn't need to do anything to harm this person. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't know. I just, that's one of the other ways I found to help with that. I, you know, I, 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 as I was saying earlier, I'm, I'm definitely not a turn the other cheek kind of a personality, but I think it's fun sometimes to find other, like more creative ways to handle those things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, most definitely. Because if that person's attacked you, if you counterattack, all you're really doing in their eyes is just convincing them that they were right to attack yep. you in the first place because look at you, you cursed me, you're a bad person too, yep. you know? Um, yeah. Anyway, so. Back to domination magic. So, all right. So, what are what are some of your ways, or what what kinds of methods would you would you say you employ? Not you personally, but I guess maybe just just things you commonly see practitioners of different traditions doing to to work effective domination spells. Um, a lot of conjure oils. Yeah, condition oils. Condition conjure oils. oils yeah. yeah. Um, bend over oil. Mm, yeah. Really awesome. Works really really well. Do as I say, command to compel, mm-hmm. and everything from the condition oil, the conjure oil, to the powder, mm-hmm. to an incense. Um, I actually knew of a shop that had a bend over incense, mm-hmm. and they would light that incense in their shop, mm-hmm. so that way, when people came in, they would just buy what the person behind the counter told them to. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it doesn't seem entirely ethical from a business standpoint but but again within the, the realm of witchcraft what are ethics mm-hmm. right um i'm not going to mention the shop's name or anything like oh, that. that's okay um but so i knew you know people like that um i've had people do um poppets are very very common i was, I was wondering if you're gonna throw out like sympathetic magic yeah. sympathetic, sympathetic magic is usually going to be most common during domination work okay. um yeah, th- those are really the ones that I- I've done. A lot of candle magic. A lot of people do candle magic. Um, I've known people, and I've done this, where I don't dominate the person. Mm-hmm. Instead, I dominate the energy and the perceptions of whoever they would come in contact with. To okay. perceive them either a particular way or to avoid them yeah whatever okay well that you you raise a good point there because we know we know and you know when a lot of the time we don't really um think about this and i i you know and again i, I want to be very clear with what i'm about to say because i i austin and i will both vouch that you can work an, an effective spell that has a target on a on one particular person or mm-hmm. with one particular person as a target you can if you are very careful and this is where we talk about like if like where you you if you're you still feel that you're an amateur and you have not developed the skills where you don't have the personal resources within yourself to be able to think outside the box and to be creative and to be smart and strategic about how you do your spells you shouldn't be doing spells okay mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is you can if you do it just right it is possible to work a spell that really is only going to affect that one person Mm -hmm. more commonly though because i think people get sloppy 
they're in a hurry, they just want to get the result of the spell, you know, whatever, they tend to just kind of throw something out there. And they don't realize that with domination workings in particular, that in changing that person's behavior or in changing their actions in some way, that you are going to be kicking off what could be a domino effect for other people around them yeah. in some sense. And so that is something that you do need to factor into your workings. You need to make sure to the extent that you are getting that person to do what you need them to, that you are not creating too much collateral damage. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're trying to dominate someone to leave their marriage because you want that person in your life, right? You want them to choose you as a romantic partner, right? But not only are they married to a, someone else, but they also have children with this person. You need to think about that. Uh-huh. And I'm not trying to say that that means you don't do your spell because depending on your personal moral compass and, and what you want to see happen, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do, right? But um, but you do need to consider in the process of making this person choose to end their relationship and to walk away from their children, what other kinds of collateral damage uh-huh. am I causing? Most definitely. You know, and you need to be very careful about situations like that. And while this could be a very extreme example, we've seen situations, we've had people come in here where they've gone to see someone who's done a working to tie someone to them. In the process of that, the person that was tied to them had to end a relationship that they were already in. The ex that was involved with their new partner that they used magic to get then follows up by also going and seeing a witch or a practitioner who curses the person that came in that started the whole mess to begin with. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that happen. We've seen that happen. Probably, I think a couple of times. So you need to consider that it's not that you necessarily want to live in fear and that you want to allow the, those those potential future consequences to completely control you, but there are a lot of witches for hire out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you also just 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 be smart. Yeah. Use critical thinking. Like mm-hmm. witchcraft is full of critical thinking and and logic. If if someone comes in, you piggybacking off your example. You know someone who has worked magic to dominate someone to love them. Mm-hmm. And the person they've dominated is in a relationship. And then that person also works a breakup. And then the person that you're not interested in, the other, you know, the rival. The other half of that The relationship. other half of that relationship okay. starts to fling magic at it. Even if they aren't flinging magic at you and they're flinging magic at their ex you're bound to that person you're going to get oh, the yeah. over yeah if you've tied yourself to that person through yeah. some prior spell we, work, we, yeah. we we had a, a, an experience where someone came in mm. and they the ex-wife had mm. cursed um the husband her ex-husband okay and that bled over onto the husband's new wife mm. and children mm-hmm. and we actually had to do something to remove that and by the time they got to us mm. to remove it mm. the damage had already been done yeah and that's a thing that a lot of people don't understand when when working when you work an effective curse and that curse takes root the damage is done mm-hmm. you you know if a curse hits you and you your kidneys failed as a result of that curse and that curse is uplifted, your kids kidneys still failed. Yeah. They still failed. There's no boom. Now they're magically better. Yeah. That's true. They still failed. Yeah. So you're going to constantly have a reminder that 
that happened. Yeah. So sounds like this conversation makes us sound like we're we're very anti cursing and hexing, and we're not. No, actually, we do we're, those things. We're smart hexing. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're smart, gotta, painful. Yeah, Got to be careful. Yes, and and again, to be strategic and very careful in the way that you put together something like a domination strategic spell, spell casting. to make sure that what you are the way that you are dominating that other person or that other situation is not something that will again create undue or secondary collateral kinds of consequences or damage yes or that if it does that you at least you're minimizing that as much as you can mm-hmm. but then there are also practitioners who don't really give a fuck oh they don't know they just kind of just throw their spell out there and like whatever happens happens and I, i've never really quite understood that because in the process of doing that um it seems to me like they don't always necessarily get what they want. Like they might have a goal and they're going to direct energy at that, but because they're just so carefree with how the power kind of spills out over that situation, they might get results. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But those results will never be, I think as clear or Mm -hmm. as strong as they could be if they had actually really focused that current of energy. Well, that's, that's what, that's what we try and teach our students and what I try and teach mine is okay so you want to do a spell for the situation mm-hmm. have you handled it the mundane way first mm-hmm. yes okay cool so let's still util- utilizing domination we have to be specific you have to be specific enough that you know the result and how you want that result to happen mm-hmm. whether or not you care if other people are affected by the result you need to know that yeah. You need to know it. Yeah. If you don't know, and you're just like, I would really like this. I want this objective. I want them to pick me. Okay. How would you like that to happen? Do you care if other people get hurt? Do you not care if other people get hurt? Are there children involved? Are there pets involved? Are there finances involved? You know, because if you take all those things into consideration, you could totally make that other person love you. And in the midst of that person falling for you, filing for divorce, and their ex suing the shit out of them for all they are worth in divorce court, Mm -hmm. whilst you may have been attracted to that person because not only were they attractive, but they also had money. Now you have someone who's attractive, but doesn't have money. They've lost all of that financial stability that you were looking to gain from them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna rein us back in because we're 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 off. We're on a, on a tangent now around just kind of just general spells and their consequences. Um, what are some of your favorite herbs for domination workings? I love calamus, licorice root, clove. Um, oh, it depends. I love. Oh God. Oh God. Not not root. So let's talk about some of those, though. So calamus is, like, from my own experience and my own practice, calamus root as an additive to a domination spell is really kind of like a punch you right in the face Mm -hmm. kind of an energy where you throw out licorice and clove and you're kind of seeing, like, more of a, again, kind of a a more coercive, manipulative, like, I'm still dominating you and I'm still going to be gaining control over this, but I'm going to do it in a Mm -hmm. way where you're not going to see this coming you're not going to experience or understand what's going on until it's too late mm. like it's a very kind of like sneak around kind of get you from behind kind of kind of an approach mm-hmm. so okay what about herbs that have more like say like intoxicating kinds of things things like damiana okay or... damiana would be good jezebel root okay i love me some jezebel root mm. um 
Damiana, Jezebel, you know, one one herb that's really good at domination or lends very well to domination mm-hmm. that people sleep on is mm-hmm. Skullcap. Yeah, I find most of those sedative herbs are really effective for domination mm-hmm. workings because they put your target in really basically the position not to be able to resist. Mm-hmm. State of compliance. Yeah, exactly. What about something as, as simple and you'll as a conjure worker you'll you'll appreciate or you'll I know you'll have an appreciation for this one, but something like hijon. Yes. Which a lot of people don't really think of as a domination kind of herb, but it is referred to as hijon the conqueror for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it is it is an herb that is, I think, overall in probably the most general sense, very effective at dominating adverse circumstances. Mm-hmm. Right? That's kind of the reason it, people carry it. Yes, it is. Well and um, well, conqueror, Hijon the conqueror root is a mm. very, um, that is a very white washed way. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the real way to print, the, the real way we see it is Hijon the conquer, conquer. Mm. Um, and, 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 uh, when utilizing Hijon the conquer in a domination working, it is basically slap happy drunk punching that person in the head to mm-hmm. just, yes. I will get out of your way because you are royalty. Yeah. Um, oh, God. There are so many good domination herbs. Rose is even a good one. Rose is very good, I think, because of its seductive properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, again, it's kind of more of that, like, manipulative. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me. I smell really pretty, and I'm, I'm beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, oh, now I got you with my thorn, and now I've got your blood, and I know mm-hmm. exactly know what I can uh, do. Morning yeah. glories. Morning yeah, glory. Yeah, those, 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 those herbs and plants invasive. that kind of, like, yes, that they, they grow up. They, they, they appear in places you wouldn't expect them and once they get a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, of a hold they, they grow they, they wrap around they mm-hmm. do they, they take over and slowly choke out the rest of the plants yeah. um Belladonna yeah again kind of that same like Belladonna is very seductive yeah. Datura is also yeah. very seductive well and it grows like a vine too mm-hmm. so you've got a couple different things going some on some Datura grows like a vine <clears throat> what if we were looking for other magical focuses? Say, um, I talked about this in a TikTok video I did a couple weeks ago where I talked about the use of tarot cards um, as visual focuses for, for spell work. The devil. The devil for domination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wouldn't that have something more to do with like self-domination though? Because the mm, concept I... of the devil is like, these are these are the, 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 the ways that we control ourselves. Yes. Um, it's also a sign of addiction as well. Okay. So utilizing it to piggyback off of the things that they they don't want to let go of okay the empress the emperor the hierophant okay. um what about the magician i thought the magician could be a good one for that potentially because it's all about control yeah i could see that i usually see the energy of the magician more in a manifestation quality yeah so i guess you could do that okay. um the queen of swords yeah the queen of swords is a badass magically yes the the totemic energy or what am i saying archetypal excuse me archetypal energy of that mm-hmm. that particular queen you do not fuck with her and the queen of swords um, and you want to couple that with um you couple that the, the queen of swords with the king of pentacles mm-hmm. you could get a really kick-ass like you're gonna do what i say or i'm gonna bury you yeah okay all right. So there, there are lots of things that are, you know, I just was curious to see if you, if you were willing to volunteer any correspondences or any things that, that you've 
incorporated into domination workings. Um, um, purple candles are always a good one. Yeah, purple um, is purple is skull uh, candles. Color, yeah. Skull candles are actually really common to mm. find use in domination magic. Mm-hmm. Um, black cat candles or cat candles yeah. can be utilized. Well, I mean, figure figure candles just in general. Yeah, figure candles are really I really think good. Are going to be something that you're going to find. Uh, Although a lot of people, depending on the tradition, are really they may not be familiar or have access to figure candles. So, do they? Do they need to use a figure candle? You don't need to use a figure candle, but it's nice. And I'm always encouraging my students to get out of their comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there are those people who are just super comfortable with the stupid fucking chime candles. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Chime candles are great. I see their purpose. I've used them a lot. Maybe you should use a big boy or big girl candle. You know, something that takes some commitment to watch and burn and work and see just how tight and effective that spell can become versus a chime candle where it's like cool one and done for smaller things sure but if i'm working a domination spell i'm gonna probably keep a candle going for a minute well that's a good point i think because when you're looking at something like domination you know, and I, I this is this is something I think that a lot of people don't uh, don't really consider when they're doing workings. I think there's this idea because, I just uh, in general, we all of us just have such a short attention span mm-hmm. now, and because we're so uh, invested or caught up in the concept of instant gratification, that even in our magical work, you know, we'll light a candle, we'll do the spell, and then like boom, done. I'm gonna get what I want. Yep. And there's not really any kind of follow-up. And mm-hmm. the most effective spells are going to be multiple-part spells. Mm-hmm. They're going to be spells where I light a candle tonight, I light a candle tomorrow, I light a candle the night after that. You know, And in the main, in the middle of all that, you're doing all, a lot of other shit, too, mm-hmm. right? There's incantation. You're, you're doing... There are other kinds of spell things that are going on, right? And you're supplementing that with mundane actions day to day right Mm -hmm. because you need to make room in your life for the spell work that you're doing to manifest right and Mm -hmm. if you're not going through the mundane actions that are creating that room you're wasting your spell um so so i think it's important to you know when you talk about using something like chime candles right and it's not necessarily that they couldn't use a chime candle but it would be better i think or better practice to like most like like a chime candle a day yep for the duration of that working yep. right um to keep that charge going yep. to build that i would agree with that um i mean chime candles are great to to, to help for, for for a focus mm-hmm. chime candles are great for like little bursts of power yeah um i love jar candles okay i love a good jar candle they will burn. obviously they will burn for days you can extinguish them or you can leave them going because most of the time unless you've overloaded that sucker it's not going to explode and if it does explode and you haven't overloaded it that's a sign that you, something's probably working against you and that's that would be a good time for you to stop reevaluate how you're approaching that situation and do something to get through that barrier to your target or just don't worry about it and move on okay um so I I think jar candles are really great because then you can do other focuses on it like mm-hmm. pictures. Um, yeah. They're really easy to load and dress. Um, chime candles can be pretty messy. They're very large fire hazards because if you roll those suckers in enough herb, that's a fucking torch. Well, people need to people need to be mindful about how they're dressing their candles mm-hmm. okay, to bring this back to domination though, okay and the reason that i want to talk about effective spell work being like 
multi-part okay mm -hmm. is when you're doing domination working you are depending on the on the, the nature of the working right but most often mm -hmm. you're doing working or working that is going to involve changing someone else's type of thinking mm -hmm. changing someone else's behavior perception changing someone else's perception mm -hmm. right and so in doing that you're going to probably see something that could be more within the realm of like you could get a little additional resistance right i always kind of explain this to students like like figure it's like breaking a habit yep right like you got to kind of do it a day at a time mm -hmm. right and you know and over so long you know like it'll get easier right you'll start to see things change new healthier habits will form right you know and i think the same can be said of something like a domination working you're not going to light one candle and all of a sudden see that person completely change their mind mm -hmm. that's not how that's going to work nope. you need to kind of chip away mm -hmm. at that resistance um if you really want to see mm -hmm. like a huge turnaround in that person's behavior like it's yeah. it's going to be more than, than one casting mm -hmm. well it's going to be more than one casting and if you're if you're utilizing something like a jar candle or even a large pillar candle, you're going to be feeding that candle every day. You should be, yeah. 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 You, you, you shouldn't just anoint it, dress it, light it, and go. No. When you extinguish that candle and you relight it, you put some more of that oil on it. You sprinkle some more of that herbal mixture. So well, To the point that you're not creating a fire hazard, right? Exactly. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just enough to feed that working. Re-up what you're doing. You know? All right. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss on domination magic? Domination magic, honestly, when it comes down to it, instead of sitting in a, in your room at your altar, take it to a practical level. You know, um, example, you want someone to hear your words and let those words land sweeter. Mm -hmm. um, get a pack of gum, specifically cinnamon, okay, um, or spearmint. Yeah, I was just going to say, what about spearmint? Cinnamon, poor, poor spearmint doesn't get get the attention it deserves. Cinnamon or spearmint would be really, really great. And basically what you're going to do is you charge that up on your altar. Whether you want to put that in the middle of a couple of burning candles, um, you know, make sure it doesn't catch fire, all that great stuff. And do your incantation and charge that gum up. Then go into your place of work, go into that meeting, pop that piece of gum into your mouth, start chewing it. And as you're chewing it, let let your words become sweet let those words become those words fall on those ears and your words are just so intoxicating they are just the, the best words ever they are as sweet or as spicy and alluring as that gum that is in your mouth mm -hmm. you could do the same thing by just chewing on a piece of clove yeah. you might take a whole clove pop in your mouth chew on it or even galangal root you know some of these might not be the most fun taste experiences eh, clove's not too bad but... Um, Galangal root is a little dirty tasting, but you know, there's a reason it's called chewing, John. Mm. Um, you pop a piece of Galangal root in your mouth and chew on it and it's going to be a little spicy and you're, you're, you're going to get that out there, mm. you know? So make domination practical. Utilize, um, perfumes. Yeah. Perfumes, uh, oils, colognes, uh, body butters, soaps, all of it. Your makeup can be a domination. Well, you now know? you're 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 kind of moving more to the realm of like glamour. Glamour as domination. is domination. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but allow those things to do that. Another way you can do do simple domination work out in like the workplace: paperweights. Paperweights are nice. Any 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 representation I think of you being able to place something on top of something mm -hmm. else. 
You know, we talk about that, like, you know, keeping like a name paper under your right foot mm-hmm. when you're in the sole of your shoe. Right. Yep. So, yeah, dominant, our paperweights would be good. I'm sitting here thinking that. I'm thinking, like, who the hell has paperweights anymore, though? It used to be a rock. Everything's electronic now, right? Well, yeah, um, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure a lot of people probably still have me. decorations on their their desk or whatever. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. So, okay, cool. All right. Domination and magic is pretty simple. It, it, it can be simple. It can also be needlessly complicated, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your preference and your practice. Um, you know, and there, no, not, not, neither of those is better than the other. Well, domination magic is really pretty much just straightforward. I want this to happen. I want this person to do it, or I want this certain thing to to do this. Yeah. So it's going to happen. I'm going to be much more. Look for. I think though, and we mentioned this earlier. We touched upon this earlier, but I think that in looking at a situation where you were looking at, like, I need this to change. I I want this to happen. And if you're looking at having to do a domination working as opposed to maybe some other sort of working that you could do if you got creative mm-hmm. and imaginative with what you were doing, I I would still, to be completely honest, I would still probably steer you away from the domination working. And it's not because I feel that there's anything wrong with that, as we have already stated in this episode, every type of magic that you do is dominating something. Mm-hmm. But I think that in looking at ways that you can make something happen that were fully within your scope and the pieces that you were able to influence as opposed to trying to change that other person's mind or behavior, it'd probably be easier to do the first. Because mm-hmm. domination magic takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It can take a lot of time. A lot of energy. And a lot of energy. Because you're working against mm-hmm. the flow of something. Well, you also have to be invested. And yeah. you're the type of person who can't even remember to refresh their offerings on an altar. Mm-hmm. Or you're yeah. the type of person who's idea for who, whose idea for magic is uh how about a couple of dimes and a fuck you like domination magic is going to be probably not a strong yeah. suit for Fo- you. focus on other things you can still get what you want you just have to you know you have to find another creative way yeah so all right cool well let's switch gears okay what uh what are we loving about our community right now? Just, just you know, just the occult, folk practitioner, witch, what you know, whatever the title may be. What are, what are we, what are we, what are we loving about our community right now? I'm loving stony silence. Okay. Well, no, it's just I'm trying to like figure it out because it's hard for me to say to, to figure that out because we're I'm we're so involved in the shop here. And so the shop is a community outlet. Yes. But very rarely do we get out to go do those communal things because who's watching the counter or making the product? Well, I'm not even just talking about like in person. I mean, you and I are both connected with a lot of witchy things through the internet as well. Social media, all those things. It's just hard for me to pick one thing because there are lots of little things, you know. Um, I always oh. say this. I like I like seeing a lot of the new books coming out. I'm loving that there's more books coming out from people of color, yeah. um, indigenous indigenous people. Um, we just got some books in today, you know, Brujeria. Mm-hmm. I'm loving that that's coming up and popping up and coming forward and a lot of people wanting to own that. 
I'm, I, I am loving that there are some people who are um, really getting into the fact that, like, they're understanding, and this is happening with some of my students, is I, I give my students an assignment to find someone in their family who could be considered a witch or a folk practitioner, and everyone struggles with it because they're thinking, like, what we do yeah. versus, like, no, those old superstitions, like, oh, no, don't, you know, don't stand with your back turned against an open door and stuff like that. Mm, like, yeah. those are folk practices. And most likely, those individuals and those ancestors are the ones who are going to be... who, who are, are going to pop up with those things, right? Okay. And so, so I'm loving that people are thinking a little bit more outside of the box. I'm also loving... It's going to make me sound really, really bad... I'm loving that circle casting is becoming such a, like, what? Like, everyone's getting back to that point of, like, wait, what's that? What? Mm. What's okay. what's casting a circle? Okay. But on the other hand of that, I hate that there are people who are still pushing the narrative that you have to cast a circle before everything you do, whether that's meditating, grounding, whatever, whatever, whatever. You have to cast a circle. You have to, have to, have to. Mm. And that really bothers me. Because, as everyone knows, from my training and my time in Wicca, it is, it is an ordeal. Is it? It is an ordeal to cast a circle. And it's not just something that you just like, oh, and I understand a circle is cast. You know, it's not, it is so much more than that. And it's this idea that, oh, it's protection, it's protection, it's protection. And people don't actually do the research to figure out what it is. And so it's it's a love-hate for me. I'm loving that people are like, oh, I don't need to cast a circle. What's that? But on the other hand, there are still those people like, you gotta do it! And that's bothering me. So, okay. So I don't know. There's not there, there's there's not much. like It's kind of like when someone asks you, like, oh, you're an opera singer. What's, what's your favorite opera? And it's like... Hello, Dolly. Yeah, like, that's what happens in my brain. Like, Austin, sing us some opera. And I'm like, if anybody could be good, you would need a bag of all your To be clear, I do know that Hello, Dolly is not an opera. Yes, I know. Okay. I don't want our listeners to think that I'm some sort of... Uncultured swine. Uncultured swine, yes. yes he, he's he's married to me, y'all. He, he knows what opera is. Um, so... <laughs> uh, so those are the things. How about you? What are you loving and hating? Um, you know, one thing that I've noticed that I, I, I can't really say I'm hating it lately, but through conversations that I've had in recent weeks with trying to help educate people on Lucifer, uh, particularly in social media, I, I still don't know why I, I don't know why I ever thought that social media and platforms like that would be a good place to teach. But, you know, but I, I still, I still, you know, I've, I've had some positive experiences that have told me that I need to keep doing it. So I'm not planning on stopping, but anyway. In recent weeks, in trying to help educate people on more, a little bit more on Ro- the Roman Lucifer, the God, the original Lucifer, um, I've noticed, oddly enough, a lot of people trying to police the information that I've been sharing. And what makes that really weird for me, or why that's weird for me, is that these people who are trying to police that are almost all of them left-hand path practitioners. And there's this weird part of me that's like, wait a minute, you're stepping in to claim a position of authority over this and you're 
stepping in to try to say, oh no, what you believe on this is wrong. And, you know, and I'm like, you're a left-hand path practitioner. Like you're supposed to be all about like anti-authority and freedom of practice. And we can all kind of do what we want to do, which I don't agree with completely because I I don't think that we can all just do what we want to do. That's Mm -hmm. irresponsible. But I'm like, you're like you're someone who like the 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 foundation of your practice is about you know getting rid of the rules and kind of forging your own path and doing your own thing and not really getting overly caught up in what other people are doing because what other people's doing doesn't really matter because it's all about your personal connection to to the divine or to whatever it is you're doing right mm-hmm. um, and so I'm like okay one the fact that you had to come on here and do that well actually to me tells me, one, you can't really be a left-hand path practitioner because even if you're reading the books, you're still obviously not buying into the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two, you're wrong. And that's one of the issues that I'm having a lot with uh, with these left-hand path practitioners is they, you know, they, they read... Most of them, to me, seem to have this really odd mix of appropriated information from other traditional practices, um, a lot of fan fiction and pop culture kinds of nonsense... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like shit that they get from you. I cannot count the number of times now I've had somebody message me and ask me a question on Lucifer based off of something that they saw on that fucking TV show, Lucifer. I'm like, I've even, I've even had to go into Wikipedia a couple times and like search the show and go through and actually read synopses of different episodes to like see where this information came from. They're like, well, Lucifer has this particular association to this thing. And I'm like, if you mean the writers of that television series, Lucifer, and don't get me wrong, you know, fun show, great. I never really personally got into it. Um, but I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea. So anyway, so I, I struggle with left-hand path practitioners because the very the, the focus, the, the core of their practice is that they're supposed to do their own thing and they're supposed to basically just fuck off and leave everybody else alone. Right, while they focus on themselves, and yet they seem to be con- consistently getting caught up and sticking their noses into other people's businesses. And then when you poke them back, they don't have anything to back up their position because they're not even necessarily armchair occultists. A lot of the time, they haven't really learned anything. Mm-hmm. They're basing their whole practice on the writings of E.A. Quitting, Gross. who is a nut. Oh my God. At one point, I, I actually wanted to buy into E.A. E. Quitting. He, he when he initially started up I thought okay dudes dudes talking some stuff like I could listen to this um, and then he totally went off the deep end oh my god dude is dude is insane and doing it primarily just to profit um so I know EA Coetting do you I do I'm so sorry um I've met EA Coetting on a personal level and I actually have a past student of mine who was a student of EA Coetting okay Sp- well, just to be clear, I don't want to turn this into an EA co-editing trashing thing, well, okay? So that here's, was just an example. There apparently was a branch of OTO in southern Utah. Ew. Um, and so when my old student started training with me, mm-hmm. and they realized, oh, there's more effective ways to do this than blowing my fucking brains out across the goddamn cosmos. Mm-hmm they really started seeing some results and stepping into their power and stepping into who they are. And the couple of times I got to meet said teacher, I was like, 
because apparently they're also a member of Haitian Voodoo. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, they're... it takes years and years and years and years to like get to your level, get get to the level of Hongan, yeah. and uh, he's claiming those things. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is all you. I think the last thing I saw, I saw him post something online, and this has been a long time ago now, but I saw him post something online where he was talking about this thing that he had created that was supposed to help be an amplification and a focus for power mm-hmm. that people could like, like a talisman. And he's going on and on about this thing. He created this thing he created. And he finally got to a point where he was actually showing people what it was. It was organite. I'm like, one, you didn't create this shit. Two, you did exactly what every other fucking light worker does. You put little chips of crystals into plastic. Mm-hmm. And now this is supposed to amplify my power. Nice try. God only knows how many people have given you money for this shit. Mm-hmm. Well, um, anyway, that's okay. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't want to trash. You know, I'm not trying to rip on anybody specifically, but but I've noticed, and you know, and like I said, anybody who listens to the podcast, if you are a left hand path practitioner, I am not trying to trash left hand path practitioners in general or your practices, if you can call them that. Um, I'm not trying to trash any of that, okay? Because I trust me, I see a lot of value to those things, but I also want to say, back the fuck off. If you're going to come for a traditional witch who is relating information based upon a tradition, a living tradition that has a many, 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 many other practitioners involved, and this is kind of what is accepted in this practice, you have no fucking right to come in a practitioner involved in that tradition mm-hmm. and say, oh, well, actually, you're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Sit down and shut up. Well, it's... If someone is a, is a practitioner of a particular tradition, and that is a tradition they have worked for their lives, like mm-hmm. that's what they have done, mm-hmm. and you pop up and you're like, no, actually, that that's wrong. And it's like, so, particularly for us, so are you Mediterranean? No. Are you Roman? No. Are you Greek? No. Are you Italian? No. Are you Etruscan? No. So you really don't have any idea of what's going on. Well, no, but I read Gramasi. Or, oh no, I read this. And it's like, okay, so that's great. You're wrong. And I live this tradition. Mm-hmm. This is my tradition. It, it, we, we, we saw that when I was like, well, no. You know, Italian Witchcraft by Raven Gramasi. The book is basically Alexandrian Wicca with some Italian seasoning. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, well, what's your source for that? And it's like, I took... The classes, and I grew up in an Italian okay, witchcraft it's, practicing it's fucking pr- household. Pretty well established that Gramasi was the Wicca of Italian witchcraft. Yeah, which is which, which is okay. It's fine. Nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, that. with that. But trying to come for someone who is who grew up in that tradition and say no, you're wrong because Gramasi, and I'm like, well, no, we're not wrong. Well, I think this is the problem that we see with this this issue that's happened now because of things like the social media uh, mm-hmm. witchcraft community, these kinds of things, it's become so easy for pretty much anyone to put their voice into the mix there. And because of the nature of our community, we are resistant because we all have a tendency to, to you know, eschew the system, right? And, and to, you know, most of us don't have a lot of respect for organization and structure, right? That's one of the reasons we, we pursue some of the things we do spiritually, right? Is we're trying to get away from the authority. Mm-hmm. Of organization, right? But because of that, though, and because of the nature of so much of our work, you know, we have a lot of people who step into our community, who um, who put all kinds of information out there. And I think, 
the rest of the people out there are are just honestly they don't know who to trust anymore right mm-hmm. um like i run into that situation a couple of times too and i i have to check my ego on this you know and i guess this is something that i don't necessarily find is pro- a problem i'm actually kind of happy when this happens but at the same time I, I it's thrown me for a loop a couple of times on where I'm at on a comfort level with continuing to share information, okay? And I guess what I mean or where I'm going with that is that I've had a few times now I've been sharing or relating some stories that are based on some of the the very old folkloric information of Diana and Lucifer as deities found within ancient Rome and even Etruscia, even prior cultures. Um, And um, I've had a number of people come at me because that's not something they've ever read in a book that's not something that they've ever been able to find any other source on. Mm-hmm. And they've come to me like, well, where are your sources for this? Like, I, you know, I want to, I, you know, I want to believe this because you seem to know what you're talking about, but where are your sources on this? You know, and there's a part of me that's like, I am so happy to see that you're asking that question mm-hmm. because we're constantly telling people you need to have resources. If someone is claiming something you need to find, you, they need to be able to back this up. Okay. The problem with some of that information, though, and the information that I'm sharing, and one of the things that I've had to answer these people, or, or that I, you know, I've had to give them, is that I'm like, you're not going to find sources for this information, or at least not a lot of sources for this information, because this is information that is passed down orally through the old witch families mm-hmm. in that area of the world. This is not public information. The fact that I'm sharing this with you now is because we are at a point of openness with these practices now. And there are so many people who are trying to reclaim lineage and ancestry Mm -hmm. to the old families that, you know, gave up their connections to witchcraft years ago under the pressures of Catholicism. Right. And so I'm sharing this information with you now because I can desperately see that there are people who are trying to reestablish these roots and, you know, and to be honest, it's not necessarily information that would be considered closed. It couldn't be. These are the stories of gods Mm-hmm. That if you adhere and you believe in those traditions, these are everyone's gods, right? Or gods that oversee the influence of everyone in the world, mm-hmm. right? So these can't be considered closed bits of information. But at the same time, because up until now they have kind of been considered closed, there's not going to be a lot of resources out there, you know? It's like it's like all the books that come out about voodoo, right? Like all the books, you know, and I, and I've read some books about voodoo over the years, not because I I decide I want to be a practitioner now, Mm -hmm. but because it's nice to know sometimes what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, but I'll be the first to admit most of the books that come out about voodoo, I'm like, I I have to take this with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. because I don't know who you are. And most of the time they're written from the perspective of someone like an anthropologist anyway, right? Someone who isn't even necessarily a practitioner. You know, it's all for them. It's all about the, the history and the information and the culture, mm-hmm. right? You know, and it's like, okay, well, you lost the spirits. Like, you give me the facts. You give me the information, as at least as it was told to you by someone who claimed to be this, but you lost the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so I don't know. So I guess I'm I'm happy on the one hand that people are questioning. Um, I, I I'm struggling a little bit with that because there are always going to be those things in our community that are rooted in mystery, mm-hmm. right? Like I was having that conversation with a student of yours in the store mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and they came in and, and I, and I can see that this is someone that is like, they're one of these like analytical, like I need to know, I need to know what this is. I need to know where this comes from. I need to know the, the, the roots of this belief. I need to know what this is. And in looking at this person and telling them, you know, I had to tell them like, you can trace these things back to a certain point, but prior to this point, you're probably not going to find much. Mm-hmm. 
because we don't have a historical record of it. We don't have any information. You have to get to a point at some point in your practice where you can accept the element of mystery mm-hmm. about these things. If you cannot accept some element of mystery in your spiritual practice, you probably need to give it up because sooner or later that's where you're going to get. And you know, you go back far enough, always you get to a point where we don't really know, right? That's, that's always the answer. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. We can't know. We have stories. We have belief. We put our faith in this, but we don't really know. Right. You know? And so, and I think that's difficult for a lot of people. Like a lot of people, they need absolutes. Um, and they're just, there really isn't any tradition out there that I think can actually give you an absolute. Yeah, yeah I, well, I agree with that. And witchcraft is a mystery tradition. And we're honest about that in, in paganism, I think. In paganism and witchcraft and these kinds of real practices, we're honest about that. We're honest about the, like, this is the element of mystery, you know? Which I've always kind of found a, a, a kind of honor in, you know, in approaching that and saying, and actually being able to say, we don't really know. We don't really know. This is what we believe and we choose to put our faith in, right? Hmm. And I, and I find honor in that as opposed to what you see in some organized religions where they're like, well, we don't really have an answer to this, but we're going to tell you this is what this is because it'll make the church more money. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I see religion doing in that situation. Well, yeah. Wicca and witchcraft and most paganism are all mystery based traditions. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something unknown because they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and everyone's understanding of the mysteries are going to be different. And so whether you're pagan, whether you're just a witch, whether you're Wiccan. What do you mean just a witch? The, um, the mysteries are there for you to contemplate and for you to create and not necessarily create excuse me but for you to receive an answer from with your personal connection yes to the yes the mystery exists and in this in the space of the mystery in whichever tradition you may be involved in that mystery is that is the space for you to sit and figure out how you personally connect to that tradition mm-hmm. that's why those exist exactly and why it's important that you get comfortable with the concept of there being mystery in these traditions because if there isn't if you ever get involved with any kind of belief where there is a guru or a teacher or a holy text of some sort that has all of the answers for you and everything is in there that's not your tradition that's that person's tradition and all you're basically doing at this point is just walking in their footsteps. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you need something that's more personal, something that is truly about your divine growth, your spiritual path, you gotta you gotta accept the mystery. Yep. So. Do we have any other questions from any other listeners? We didn't have or? any other questions from any other listeners this week. Um, I I think that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We we continue to get good feedback from from our listeners. You know, they they like the the stuff that we're touching upon. You know, I, I know as far as podcasts go, we're still fairly small time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't really know what our plans are as far as growth for the podcast. We're both so very busy. I don't know that we really would have much time, more time to really devote to the podcast. But we will continue to do our our weekly gig. 
here and talk on the things that we talk about and hope that people find some tiny little, little chunk of value in a lot of what mm-hmm. we say. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Okay, well, for those of our listeners, like, follow, and share. Um, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbor, tell your dog. Um, especially tell your dog. Especially, we love doggos. Um, and your cat, and your parrot. Particularly if that parrot goes, girl. I, do I, it. too I love that bird. I want that oh, He's so funny. Morgan? Yes. Big boo. Ow. Yes. Um, so do that. Leave us reviews if you want. Um, and stop on in to the shop. You know? Stop on in if you're in yeah, town. Especially or... those of you that are on the other side of the world. Make that trip. Get in here. It'll be worth Seriously. it. Seriously. It'll be no, totally no, worth it. No, but if you're in the area. If you're in the yeah. area or if you're planning on making a trip. Uh, through town, you know, stop on in. I love that experience when people come into the store and then, and they come in and they're really weird and awkward and quiet. And then usually it's you or I standing behind the counter and they come in and they're really weird and awkward. And then after they've been in the shop for like a few seconds, we're kind of like, is there anything I can help you with? You know, were you looking for anything in particular today? And they're like, but it's you. And I was like, yeah, you've, I know you've had this experience too. Like it's you. And I was like, it's, it's me. You're looking for me. That's right. Yes, it's me. It's me. <laughs> it's, it is. It's me. It's me. They're like, they're like, oh, I love your podcast. I'm like, oh God, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for saying that because I, I was like, I was trying to sit here and figure out it's you. Like, I'm like, where the fuck do I know this person for? You know. Um, and I've had that moment. Where they're like, they're like, I've just, I'm, I'm kind of like just like, you know, fangirling or fanboying out here for a minute, and I, and I've never quite understood that. I'm like, I'm just. I'm just another dude that happens to own a metaphysical shop and does a silly podcast on witchcraft. And so, you know, thank you so much for being starstruck. But, um, oh my gosh, but this is a little silly, you know. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> that happened That happened with our with our buddy Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, yeah, we've had that experience a few times anyway. But I love to see that happen like, in person. And I, again, I only mention that because even just recently we had someone come into the store it was like, I listened to your podcast and they were like, just in awe. And I'm like, I don't understand this response. Like, I'm I'm just a normal person. Like, I don't, I don't. Thank get you. It, Have but... you tried the incense? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, well, thank you. So, like, that's always my response to it. I was like, well, thank you so much. That's very sweet. And I'm so glad you like the podcast and hopefully you'll enjoy our shop, you know. And, Back to and my I'm original here. question, yes. though. Is there anything I can help you find? Yes, exactly. It's like, and, and I'm here if you need help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's always the interaction. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. But yeah, but if you're in the area, come in and. and and say hi, and you don't have to to do the starstruck thing either. Just come in and go, oh hey Austin, because you know if you listen <laughs> if to the you podcast, say, chances hey, are hey, you. Austin, I'll be like, I will I will be the one panicking because like, oh my god, is this someone that I'm supposed to know? You do that too, or you're like, oh my god, this person remembers me, but I don't remember them, and then yeah. and you've never met them before, and, and then just, I'm like, they just watch you on TikTok. Oh hey you, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. Or you do the fake thing, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right, I remember that. Yeah, how you been? Yeah. Oh no, like, okay, no, I will flat right. out say. I don't remember that, but okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just telling like like um, there was a comedian in the in the I think late eighties and early nineties named oh my god I just blanked on her name, Laura Keitlinger. Laura Keitlinger, and she did this routine where she talked about meeting people that you couldn't quite remember mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and she was talking about how if they were really obnoxious about it, you could like get yourself out of that situation and at the same time also make them feel like shit by basically claiming to have been in some sort of horrible accident that damaged your brain. Oh, God, I wouldn't do so that. You're like, you're like, so I, I'm very sorry, I don't remember you. Since the accident, though, I'm able to hold a ball. You know, and she, you know, and she goes on this whole routine and I just remember thinking like, God, if I had the balls to actually do that to somebody, that would be hilarious. 
like, I don't remember you. I was in a horrible car accident and they had to remove a chunk of my brain and I just, I, I've lost a lot of memory. That's horrible. I know, I know. This this is the fucked up macabre sense of humor that I have. Yeah, yeah. The idea of, of doing that to someone though, I just, it, it gives me just a really creepy fucked up kind of a giggle. Yeah. This is why my friends in high school called me Morticia. Also because the dress. Yeah, I'm too fat to wear it now, but I still have it. It's in the closet. I could put a foot in it. Yeah, it's about probably all I could get in there now too. Anyway, we're rambling. <laughs> um, so right. anyway, like, follow, thank share, you. thank you, stay everybody. witchy, and have a good day or night. Thank you, thank you.